We want to talk, we're going to continue to talk about favor, and I, I, I can't let it go. I can't let it go. The Lord won't let me let it go, and I, I said, well, why not? He says, because they didn't get it yet. So I might have to preach on favor for 20 years. I don't know until we all get it and begin to understand these are the last days, and there's a reason why a favor is accelerating, and, but, but if you don't care about it, you're going to be left behind. You, you won't be a part of the favor thing, but I don't know about you. I don't want to miss anything that the Lord has for me. And he said, well, I've lived my whole, I don't care if you're, if you're nine, well, uh, I don't care if you're old as, as he is. Listen, <laughs> that didn't sound right. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but it, it doesn't matter what your age, it doesn't matter what you've been through in your life. I'm here to tell you, times, they are a-changing very rapidly. And just as things are rapidly changing in the world, so things are changing rapidly in the spirit realm. And it doesn't matter what you're used to in the past, things are about to explode. So I want to talk about that this morning, favor in the last days. Favor in the last days. Our key scripture course is Amos chapter 9, verse 13, and we talk about that from the message. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. Say, it won't be long now. God's decree, things are going to happen so fast your head will swim one thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once and everywhere you look. Blessings. Say blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. Wow. Praise God. It's coming. Blessings you can't hardly keep up with. It's coming. Say it's coming. Say it's coming to me. So this is chapter 9 of it. I'm... What about the rest of Amos? But most of Amos is actually pretty negative until you get to the very end, the last part of the last chapter, Amos chapter 9, verse 3. So when we look at the context of all this, um, it, 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 looks very, it, looks very, it looks very different because favor, listen to me, favor is come within the context of judgment. Favor's not coming to everybody. So Amos was preaching at a time of great prosperity. I want you to hear that. In fact, Israel had, Israel had not been this peaceful and this prosperous. You'd have to go all the way back to Solomon's kingdom centuries before. The world was at peace. They were safe. They were prosperous. The church had all kinds of money coming in. Society is prospering, at least on the top. But the poor were still being taken advantage of. By the way, we as Christians still need to stand for justice. There needs to be justice for the poor. There needs to be, come on now. I don't care if you are a Republican. You listen to what I'm saying. We need to reach out to the poor. We need, and if we don't, judgment comes. So Amos began to prophesy, and he says, look. The Assyrians are coming. Nobody believed it. Nobody thought that possible. Israel was at a peak. They were strong militarily, financially, economically. Everything was fine. Everybody was living in comfort except for the poor people they were taking advantage of. The nation was full of itself, but it was acting wickedly. 
they, ex they began to exclude God. Now, I didn't say they weren't religious. They were very religious, but they were excluding God. Boy, that's the, that's the church in America. Real religious, but is God there? I posted this not too long ago, just a few days ago, a week ago. I said, does the Holy Spirit come to your church? Maybe we need something on the screen for that. Holy Spirit, are you here? Text us and let us know. I, 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 listen, if we can't have the presence of the Holy Ghost in this place, I might as well resign. You might as well go home, start your own church or somewhere else. Amen. We need the power and presence of the Holy Ghost in these services. My, 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 my uh, pontificating is not going to get it done. Great music's not going to get it done. Great programs is not going to get it done. Shaking everyone's hand, being friendly. My God, they do that at Walmart. Walmart has better greeters than most churches. <laughs> Come on now. I know. But I may be doing that when I retire. Who knows? I'm here. <laughs> Y'all laughing like I couldn't do it. What's going on here? I've had lots of practice. It'll be on my resume. Shook hundreds of hands every Sunday. Kind of down on Monday, but the rest of the week I'm all right. I'm here to tell you this was the nation of Israel, and it it just struck me as I read the book of, of Amos that it's very, very much like today. They were manipulating the laws so wickedness could prosper. Anyone see that in America? The laws and the, the way the economy was structured, certain people were being left out. They weren't participating, and the rich were getting richer, and the poor were getting poorer. In fact, this time of prosperity was, 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 uh, was uh, prophesied. Uh, Elisha prophesied 40 years before Amos and said this time was coming. 20 years before, Jonah prophesied that God was going to visit his people and it's going to be awesome. So they had the prophet speaking to them that, that something great. And I, listen, I, I agree that America is great. America is a great nation. We're a righteous nation, but we are fast becoming a non-Christian nation. They're, they're throwing everything out. They don't want God. Then they wonder what's wrong. Let me, can I tell you something? They take God out of the country, and then capitalism becomes evil, and then they complain because capitalism is evil. Well, it's because you took God out of it. It should work for everybody if we had godly leaders. But I'm afraid a lot of greed is taking over the country, and a lot of people are being left behind. Sounds like America today. I've said this so many times. If 9-11, if 9-11 was a warning from God, what will happen if we ignore it? Church, for a few weeks after 9-11, that was it. It's time. God, listen, how many know God will get our attention if we don't live right? So let's, let's look at chapter 9. Let's go back up a few verses and see what Amos have to say. Okay, you with me? How many are with me? I'm looking. I'm looking. All right. Verse 7. Do you Israelites think you're any better than the far-off Cushites? God's decree. Oh, here's God. God has another decree. Am I not involved with all nations? How many believe that? 
Didn't I bring Israel up from Egypt? The Philistines from Kephor. There are Arameans from Kerr. But you can be sure that I, God the Master, have my eye on the kingdom of Zin. I'm going to wipe it off the face of the earth. Not a good thing to hear. It's, it's great to understand God's in charge of all countries. I'm going to wipe it. Still, I won't totally destroy the family of Jacob. Come on, that's where you say amen. I'm still giving the orders around here. I'm throwing Israel into a sieve among all the nations and shaking them good. Take out the word Israel and put church. No real grain will be lost, but all the sinners will be sifted out and thrown away. The people who say nothing bad will ever happen in America, it won't even come close. But also on that judgment day, I will restore. See, this is the verse. How many know, how many know uh, Luke quotes this in the book of Acts? I want to talk about this in a minute. But also on the judgment day, I will restore David's house that has fallen to pieces. I'll repair the holes in the roof, replace the broken windows, fix it up like new. David's people will be strong again and seize what's left of enemy Edom, enemy Satan. But everyone else under my sovereign judgment, God's decree, he will do this. Give God our praise. Amen. We are living at the beginning of this stage now where God is restoring the tabernacle of David. In other words, he's restoring 24-hour worship. He's restoring the fact that God wants to live with his people and not just visit us on Sunday morning. There's a move of God to restore that kind, not just worship, but everything that goes with that kind of worship. God is wanting to restore the church, restore it to what it really ought to be, not this Americanized version of Christianity. Let me tell you, a lot of the stuff we preach in America would never work in Africa. And if it doesn't work there, why are we preaching it here? Because we're just trying to make people happy. Trying to build crowds instead of the presence of God. Listen, I'd rather draw the Holy Spirit than draw people. And by the way, if you'll draw the Holy Spirit, you'll draw the right people. Come on and praise Him if you know what I'm saying. Let's just take a poll. How many want more people or more Holy Ghost? Holy Ghost, all right. Well, that might make some people mad. Open the doors, let them go. Amen. I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please God. We are here in these last days to make sure that, that this is God's house, not the people's house, not the preacher's house. Come on. It's not about the White House or any other house. This is about his house, and he lives here. In fact, we, in fact, it's not really even about a building at all. It's about him living in you, and it's time to act like you are a temple of the Holy Ghost. Wherever you go and whoever you touch and whoever you minister to, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Every day of the week, every hour of the day, someone shout hallelujah. Wow, wow. Right after this is where verse 13 comes in. Right after that promise that God is going to restore. I, I thought this was going to be the last Sunday in favorable. We're going to preach again on, on it next week as well. And we're going to talk about this restoration some more and talk about some other things. We're going to talk about a season of favor next week. So don't miss it and then we'll, we'll see what happens. But God... Mm, God has chosen, God may yet bring judgment on America, but God's not going to abandon his church.
And while judgment may come, favor is accelerating to the church. Someone magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. We're seeing it happen. Amen. It's time to repossess. It's a time of accelerated. Let's go to Amos chapter 1, verse 1. So he says, the message of Amos, one of the shepherds of Tekoa, that he received on behalf of Israel, it came to him in visions during the time that Uzziah was king of Judah, and Jeroboam II, son of Joash, was king of Israel, two years before the big earthquake. Hello, California. I want to know an earthquake can happen just about anywhere. Understand a couple of things here, because it'll frame this whole thing about favor. Number one. Amos was not, a, he wasn't a prophet. When we talk about favor in the last days, I want you to get this. God will use any. He may shock some of you who we are. And some of you might rise up and say, well, I sing better now. I could do better now. Well, maybe you can, but God, he chooses who he wants to choose. I, can, I always thought it was strange. In the Old Testament, only one tribe was allowed to sing. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter if you were... <laughs> trained classically, and could play every instrument. If you were from the tribe of Benjamin, tough luck. You weren't on the praise team. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? You had to be from Judah to get on the praise team. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. God raises up and brings down who he wants to. Come on. Get over it. Punch your neighbor and say, grow up. So God can use anybody, even you. He might surprise even you what he could do. Oh, hello. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're experienced or unexperienced, educated, uneducated, amen, good-looking, ugly, whatever. doesn't matter who you know, how many people you know, how connected or unconnected you are. You might be the loneliest person in town, but God can use you. Oh, no, he can't use you. Well, the only reason he wouldn't use you is because you don't want to be used. Because you won't be faithful for him to be used. My God, if you can't even attend church regular, he's not exactly going to give you a great ministry. If you can't, if you can't even pay your tithes, why would he entrust you with... If you can't, if you can't lay your rights down and, and follow another man's vision, why would he give you a vision? Yeah, Lord, you see how quiet it gets. when. So God can use anybody. Say amen. Number two, notice that he, that he, that he prophesied during the reign of King Uzziah. Does that, does that name ring a bell to anybody? Because Isaiah, the prophet, is ministering at about the same time now. They were both prophets during the reign of King Uzziah. But Isaiah's ministry blew up when Uzziah died. I'm not going to read it, but Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Listen, this thing about favor, sometimes you're not going to see favor until you let something die. Until you get something out of the way. Until you get every hindrance out of the way. God's not going to give you a bunch of favor if you're carrying a, a lot of mess. It's time to lay down hurts. It's time to lay down your past. It's time to lay down your will and what you want and to say, God, whatever you want. And that's when favor becomes accelerated into your life. Quit chasing after things that make you comfortable and start chasing after things that God wants you to do. The will of the Lord. Can I get an amen? In the year that Uzziah, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. That's. 
Amos, the nobody, all of a sudden he starts getting, I'm sure he said, I'm just a, he's actually a priest. He's a, Isaiah was related to King of Zion. Isaiah's better qualified. And God says, all right, take everything I in the city square. I don't have time to go through all of it, but he begins to, pro- begins to talk gloom and doom about, about Aram, Phoenicia, Edom, Ammon, Moab. And I'm sure everyone's like, yeah, judgment on Russia. <laughs> judgment's coming to China. Yes. <laughs> judgment's coming to France. God's going to strike Canada. Woo! Forget about Mexico. It's already. So they're all like, yeah, 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 yeah. But the circle keeps getting closer. And the nations are getting closer. Until all of a sudden he says, and Israel. Oh, well, God loves us. This is going to be, this is going to be awesome. Eh, not so much. And, you know, he begins to circle in. And he begins to talk about the socialites in high society. He begins to talk about the dead religious people. And he begins to talk about three groups. And then he begins to talk about people that are hardened. Listen, more and more people are getting hardened against church. And they're not coming anymore. And they're, they're tired of it. They go worship. He began to judge them because he says, I did send some signs and wonders. I sent some earthquakes. I sent some, some fires. I sent some floods. And you didn't repent. How many, how many catastrophes does this nation have to endure before they finally recognize God needs to be served? They say, well, God, God's not like that. God's not mean. Listen, it's not about God sending pestilence and fire and flood. It's about us rejecting him and the covering being removed from this nation and the devil being allowed to do whatever he wants to do. That's what it's about. You throw God out, guess what? There's no such thing as a vacuum. You throw God out, the enemy, the enemy will fill the space. How many know what I'm talking about? He had three visions, basically. The one is the plumb line. How many know what a plumb line is? Okay, there's a string with a weight on the bottom of it. You go up on the roof or go up on a wall, and you, you hold that, and, and that, thing, that thing is going to be perfectly straight. Gravity is a good thing. And you can see whether or not the wall is straight. And God says, I dropped a plumb line on the church, and y'all are crooked. He dropped a plumb line because we think it's straight. But see, if it's not straight, it's in danger of falling over. The foundation's not right. Come on, just if you can imagine laying bricks or, or, or you know, shingles on the roof, if you get those first couple wrong, you may not notice it until you're three-fourths there because, because the, those little mistakes keep getting bigger as you go down. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. How many have laid shingles? Amen. I've watched it done many times. I've carried the bundles. If you lay a brick, I've watched them. Listen, I have been over three major construction projects. I was at them all. And I watched as they lay block, and I, I, uh, old Brother Cooper, he would lay all the brick out here. And I, I watched him because they would lay that string across there. And you have to make sure every row lines up because a little, if you're just a little bit off, the whole thing will, and you won't discover it till the end. I'm here to tell you we're at the end. And it's beginning to look like this wall called the church is a little, 
come on of the foundation. It wasn't some of this. Some churches weren't built on Jesus. They were built on personality. Some churches weren't built on the Holy Ghost. They were built on pleasing people. And they were built on comfort, not the cross. And they're shaky. And they're wavy. And I tell you, it wouldn't take much. And my God, who, who knows what millions of Christians in America are. I want, or if they are, it's shaky. They're in it for all the wrong reasons. And that wall, he said, I got a plumb line on. And sooner or later, the higher this goes, the further preachers take this, the more likely the whole thing's going to fall. Come on. You're going to see it. Churches running thousands will just fall apart. The plumb line. The plumb line. The second vision was the summer fruit. The summer fruit. This is the last harvest. This is, this is what's left out in the field. It's the last harvest that comes in. And we're not talking about the harvest of souls that's here. We're talking about being in a place where the fruit is rotten. And he's harvesting this rottenness from... Y'all okay? You're not shouting much. I couldn't get you to, I couldn't get anyone to run right now if I gave him $100. Oh, maybe. I see a few, I feel, I see a few eyes light up. I'm like, oh, I'll fake it for 100 Shoot, I'll, I'll fake it for 20 bucks. Just, I'm surprised five people didn't get up. And go, Let's run and see what the pastor will do. The th- <laughs> but the third vision is a vision of the Lord standing. You know, we, we got this altar we're building up. Bring your rock. We're going to build that altar. Bring, bring, all, bring rocks from the neighborhood. Bring rocks from where you went. Let's, let's represent. Let's get. But he said, God's standing at the altar. It's not man's altar. It's his altar. Whew. The sacrifices we put on there are for him, not for Listen, when they're, when they're up here worshiping, you may not like the music, but I got a newsflash. We're not singing to you. It's an audience of one. We're just trying to make him happy. Come on. That music. Well, you got six other days. Bad pastor. But he's promising in midst of really bad. And I think right now we're in a space where God has withdrawn judgment. He's waiting to see. But it seems like we're, 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 we are now willing to kill a baby at the moment of birth. How is that even possible? Convenience, wickedness. The sexual perversion in this country, we're going to have to apologize to some. Don't think God's just like, so well, what is he waiting for? He's waiting for it to come to him, and then judgment gets poured. There's a line that God says, I'm not God, so I don't know where that line is. But all, I think, I think if we were to take a poll, most of us would say, we got to be close to the line. The wickedness in this country. I, 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 you know, we want to reach out. We want to love those people. All these community, the number now. But I, I, it's like 40 or 50 categories of sexual preferences now. How, how is that even possible? Just seeing the list of those would make you sick. So, and as soon as we allow one category, and by the way, I don't know why it's not in the news, but sex trafficking is out of control. Out of control. I don't think it's happening just in India somewhere. It's happening right in America. They're trained how to get your kids and sell them into sex trafficking. It's happening in America. No one's responding. No one's one's paying any attention to this. 
More Christians have died in the last 100 years as martyrs than all the Christians that have died in the last 2,000 years. We're the only group that it's okay to persecute. You can't be prejudiced against any group. I mean, any group. (laughs) Any group. Any kind of subsection of something. You have to be careful about every stupid little thing you say. Amen? You got to be politically correct and you know, be careful not to step on anyone. But you know what? If you're a Christian, it's free game. You're allowed to say anything you want about Christians. You can say anything. You treat them badly. You, you know, there's no such thing as political correctness against Christians. How many know what I'm talking about? We're the only group that you can abuse and slander and, 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 and talk prejudicially against, and, it, and it's actually encouraged favor in the midst of judgment. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's watch this. You okay? How many are okay? I know that's a weird sermon, but you got a weird pastor to live with it. Amen. I'm glad you all didn't say amen strongly. It says, uh, Paul says to Timothy, but you need to be aware that in the final days, say final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their $100,000 cars, arrogant pride, and mock all that is right. How many many know mocking is huge? We're mocked as Christians. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful, victim mentality. They think they deserve everything free, don't have to work, and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Hello, fake news. Slaves to their desires. They will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted, wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the living God. We're way past that. They may pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Hello, church in America. We're not just talking about wicked people. We're talking about religious people. Stay away from people like these. Go to verse 13. But the evil men and sorcerers will progress from bad to worse. How many believe it's going from bad to worse? Deceived and deceiving. as it, And that's huge. That is huge. Deceived and deceiving as they lead people further from the truth. Yet, yet, you must continue to advance in strength with the truth wrapped around your heart, being assured by God that he's the one who has truly taught you all these things. Watch, watch, watch. Remember that you were taught from your childhood from the Holy Scriptures, the scrolls, which can impart to you wisdom to experience everlasting life through the faith of Jesus, the anointed one. Every scripture has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will will empower. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature, and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. Favor is coming to the godly. Amen. Come on and praise him in the midst of judgment. Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Watch this. 
It says, Peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are. We're just holy rollers. <laughs> For it is only 9 o'clock in the morning. Huh? This is the fulfillment of what, the, of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. Right? This is from the Old Testament. For, the, for God says... This is what I will do in the last days. We love to quote this. I will pour out my spirit on everybody. Say amen. I'm going to cause your sons and your daughters to prophesy. Woo. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will experience dreams from God. Yeah. I've been getting a lot more dreams and visions lately. I'll wait on you. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women. What? Women could preach. Yeah. And they will prophesy. I will reveal. No, what? we shout for this. And then all of a sudden, without comma, without pause, he goes, I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. Okay, good. Blood and fire and pillars of cloud. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I thought this was all good. For the sun will be turned dark. And the moon blood red before that great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Favor. Judgment. Restoring David's tearing down religion. Judgment on the, on the socialites and those that are the, the law changers and those who are just but to the church. Because things are going so badly is why we will experience. So time is short. Time is short. How, how do you act when you have a deadline? Come on. What do you do when you have a deadline? How many of, how many of you are, are, work better under pressure? Let me see your hand. Oh my God, the whole church. Let's just forget about planning ahead, okay? Let's, all of a sudden, you realize, I got, I got to get this in. I, I need to get this thing done at church. I, I, my roof leaks, and there's a storm coming. I... I how many know you start working faster? I got to get this done. There's a timeline. Time is running out. I got to hurry up. Anyone ever say that? You get up in the morning. Oh, I got to get this done today. Deadline is up. Listen, I'm here to tell you today, there's a deadline. The devil knows it. He's angry. He's working harder because he's up against a deadline. He knows his time is short. But don't worry about the devil working harder. I'm here to tell you God knows there's a deadline too. He set the deadline. He knows when this thing's going to wrap up. And I'm here to tell you today, he's speeding up favor. He's speeding up blessing. He's speeding up the miracles. What used to take months will now take days. God is accelerating. Hallelujah. People are going to get saved one day. Called to preach in a few months. God is accelerating. Favor on the church that will live a righteous life and be obedient to the will of God. Amen. Three things you got to remember. I say this, I think, with every sermon. Number one, recognize. Say recognize. Recognize favor when it comes. Quit taking credit for things that really God blessed you with. Number two, be thankful. I probably need to preach a series on Thanksgiving. Be thankful, which multiplies favor. 
And number three, stay in the will of God. Because favor comes best and most rapidly when you're on mission. When you're on your mission, favor is going to be accelerated. 